Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 240 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Josie Agate. Josie lives in Golden Grove, which is in Wales, and she runs her own business managing three holiday cottages. Welcome, Josie. Hi, Jen. I'm delighted to meet you online. Well, I'm so glad to meet you and talk to you today. Say the name of the actual town that you live in because I wasn't able to say it. <laughs> so the town closest to us is Llandilo, and even I am corrected by every local I will meet when they say, oh, where do you live? And I say Llandilo, and they say, oh, blah, and it sounds completely different. So that's why I was like, don't, maybe just say Golden Grove, it's a lot easier. The farm that we have bought that has the holiday cottages on it was part of an estate, which is called Golden Grove. I have got to get over there one day. I'm going to get to the UK. I got to. That's where my roots are. I had planned to come and see you on your cruise until we know what. So, And I said the same to Graham when I spoke to Graham. I was like, if, if I ever get to New Zealand, it'd be lovely to see you. And he's like, nope, I'm coming to England first. So I think you and him should have a chat and come together. That would be a lot of fun. I would love that. We would have a blast. (laughs) Well, Josie, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay, so the date was February 3rd, 2020. Obviously, most people start on the first, but the first was a Saturday. And I mean, who starts a diet on a Saturday? It's ridiculous. And at the time, clearly, I thought it was a diet because it was just something that I'd found. So that was the date that I started. But the reason that I started is sort of a little bit like another listener that you had recently, sort of sad, but there's a a happy ending at at the end. Yeah, there's always a happy ending. There's always a happy ending. So I was a bit of history, I guess. I was always, always a chubby child. I mean, there's a photograph of me and a 
a parent's daughter. We're born weeks apart, but I look like I'm a year older than her. So literally from the minute I came out, I think I was just overfed to be kept happy. And my mum was certainly a crowd pleaser. But we had fresh food. We rarely had takeaways. It's the 70s, 80s. So, you know, mum cooked everything from home. And she was really slim until, you know, we came along. So I think we're totally to blame for her weight gain. Probably, right? Aren't isn't always the kids. It's always the children. So but she was always, from I remember, you know, always on a diet, always watching what she ate. And then they bought a business when I was about 10 years old, a care home business. It was hard work for them. So it was easier for my sister and I, I've got a younger sister, for to go and board at the local school. And then suddenly that was it. I was away from home and there was a, a canteen effectively. And, you know, they would just lay out squares of butter. And I thought it was squares of cheddar. And I was like eating it, thinking it was cheese. And actually, then I almost had to pretend that that's what we did in our house. We just ate squares of butter all the time. So <laughs> it's just the silliest thing. But we kind of came out of school overweight and then that just, you know, went through puberty and, you know, we've been sort of into our teenagers. I was very self-conscious, but also the funny one. So I kind of got away with pretending that I was okay because I could always crack a joke. And because mum was always watching what she ate and always on a diet, you know, there would be a boiled egg week diet that I'd come back to in the holidays and then there'd be a grapefruit week diet and then she'd be on Slimming World. And I mean, you know the drill, we, we've tried everything and it was always worked, you know, it worked for a couple of weeks or even a month and you'd lose weight. And there was definitely moments where I was more slim. It's funny when you just said that grapefruit and boiled egg, that just brought back some memories of my childhood because I have an uncle, I think I've talked about him before, just very here and there, but he has fragile X syndrome, which is, it's a genetic and it, okay, came from, came from my grandmother's side, but part of it, he has no off switch when it comes to food, really. So he's always been really overweight. I remember being a child, he was like the really only, the only overweight person in the crowd. Now everyone looks like him. Um, He's still alive. He's 20 years older than me, but I remember my grandmother would put him on diets and they'd they'd both do the diet. And one of the ones they always did, they would each have half a grapefruit and a boiled egg for breakfast. And she had those spoons. Did your mother have grapefruit spoons with the ridges? Yeah, the little ridgy spoons. And I'm like, what are these spoons? She's like, they're for your grapefruit. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not having a grapefruit. But yeah, they kept going back to that grapefruit and boiled egg diet too. Well, I mean, I I joined Slimming World and lost the same sort of four pounds. I pay money every week to go and just watch the scales. And ironically, I would probably fast the whole day before and not eat anything just to kind of drop some water weight. So there was success and then celebrate the success by going. We knew how to game the scale, didn't we? Yeah, I knew how to play. I knew how to play it. But I mean, I remember my aunt meeting somebody at a weight loss club and they said to her, sort of sitting behind them and like 110 years old going, nothing tastes as good as Slim Fields, my love. You've got to find it a way of life. And I was like, I can't do this for life. This is just for months, really. I don't like that saying because food is delicious. I mean, skinny feels good. It feels good to be slim. Let me put it that way. It feels good to be slim. But also, food tastes delicious. So (laughs) you can slim and taste delicious food. As I have now learned. (laughs) It's taken me like 40 years, but I have definitely learned the lesson now. So your mom was doing one thing to another and you were a teenager at this point? Yes, a teenager. And then I worked for her at the care home. I sort of took over the kitchen. I think I think they're on holiday and somebody didn't turn up and I said, well, I can cook. So I just ended up sort of taking that role. And so I stayed and while my friends went to university, I was working, earning the money, but then living the university lifestyle, visiting friends on the weekend. So I kind of had the best of both worlds for a bit. It was good. but um. But yes, there was the sort of moments where I'd be really happy with myself and we'd go out clubbing and, and I'd be thrilled with how I looked. And then, you know, and almost within two weeks later, I'd be visiting the same people and they'd be like, what's wrong? Why don't you want to go out? I said, well, because I've put on the weight. I lost the weight and it's come back on again. So mum and I were definitely yo-yos. And my dad was like, he was slim as a bean until about 55 when he retired. And then he started to live the very good life, I think, with the business, just being able to afford new things. And and he enjoyed his wine. He ran a wine shop for many years. So he was successful with that. So there was always good food and company and wine being served. And 
as we grew older, I then moved away because I could see myself working at mum and dad's forever. And I was only 19 and it just felt too young to sort of stick with that job forever. So I moved abroad and worked on private yachts of all things. Um, I took my cookery skills and then sort of hospitality because I knew I was good with people and moved on to these super yachts and was either the cook and a bit like, have you ever seen Below Decks? Yes, I was just going to say that. I haven't watched it recently, but like, I love that show. Where Were you in the Mediterranean? Because I've watched Below Deck Med. Oh yeah. So we, we do the summer in the Med and then we do winter in the Caribbean and then we come back to the summer. Okay. So you would do both. You would go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. I've watched the one that's in the Caribbean too. I just kept ringing mom and saying, hi, I know I said I was coming home, but somebody needs a chef on this or somebody needs a stewie on this and, and I'll, I'll be back in six months. And like almost six years went by before I even realized. Was it as crazy as they make it seem on the reality show? What happens on the boat stage? on the boat (laughs) unless they're filming it was I mean yeah we had wild times so much fun and so many happy hours you know there'll be a crew of 20 and we walk into a bar and it was two fits so you know you'd all order a rum and coke and then you get 40 rum and cokes you know we were we were just known for giving out drinks left right and center so it was always a good time you worked hard you played hard. Right. That's the way it looks on the TV show. I didn't sort of fit in with the the girls on the boat. I don't know if they were playing the lifestyle a bit differently to me, but I was fairly clean cut. So it was only cigarettes and alcohol was the worst I ever went to. But yeah, I was always overweight, still working on the boats. And I was always around food. Like you say, it tastes so bloody good. And when you're in the med and there's fresh fish and there's... Oh, we don't think of that as a bad word in America. So it's okay. It's just so available. And, you know, the budget was generous so we really did eat well even as the crew we ate well so that was time in my life that I really enjoyed and lived a good life and then came back realized that I couldn't be working on a super yacht and having a successful relationship so retrained myself as a teacher at university so went back as a a mature student to a university in um, Devon and had my own house and I would invite the 19-year-olds who were going out clubbing to come and have a supper party with me because I was so old compared to them. Oh, like 28, (laughs) 29, something like that. They loved it because they were eating pot noodles and takeaway food and complex cars and all the bad stuff. So they come to my house and I'd give them a proper meal. So that was a really, you know, fun time. But then I met Gavin. We met online because we were in different cities. So we met online. It made more sense when I finished my degree to move to be close to him because he already had a job. So I moved up to Oxfordshire and that's where we lived for about 15 years before we came here. So then we moved in and then we got engaged and then we got married. And you would think every bride wants to be a size zero, you know, in, in your world for their wedding day. But I was just so happy that even though... I wanted to look my best. I still couldn't find the willpower to, you know, and I remember going with mum and she'd try so hard. You know, she'd always be like, yes, you look great. But, you know, there was always that, do you want to look a bit slimmer? Do you want me to be that mum who says, but you could look better if you just dropped a few pounds? But she was always. No, I didn't even think about that when I got married. I got married at 21 and I didn't even care really. I don't even remember worrying about that. We had a very small wedding, but I just bought a dress off the rack and I still have the dress. And it's a size 12, which, okay, vanity sizing. So I got married in 1991. Probably now it would be like an eight. But I put it on now and it's way too big for me. But yeah, I'm a lot slimmer than I was at 21. You know, it's interesting how, but I didn't, I don't remember caring at the time. I mean, obviously I enjoyed the day and everybody, you know, says, you know, it's your day. And obviously Gavin was there and he was very much part of it, but it's always the bride's day, right? So, you know, you, but, you know, in the photographs, I look at my photographs now and I think, gosh, my body recomposition has just, you know, I'm just a different person to even like 12, 13 years ago. So yeah, that's interesting. I'd still have my wedding dress and I tried it on and it was too big. I mean, it just falls right off my shoulders and all my whole body is just completely different than it was. Yeah. Thanks to fasting. 
We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So we were married in 2009 and then nothing had really happened with, I knew like mum had definitely said, you are getting older. You cannot muck about with children. You need to kind of crack on with it. Like I'm not getting involved, but you have no time left. So get on with it. 36. So she was right. She was 100% right. And we actually ended up going through a round of IVF because nothing was happening. So it meant that I had this round of IVF, it failed, but actually I still think it kickstarted something inside of me because amazingly, when I was in the middle of the treatment, you go through a kind of a cycle where you have to let your body rest for a bit and then they give you the drugs. And I was speaking to my best friend on the phone. I was driving back from work and she was saying, how are you doing? And I was saying, fine, I've got to wait like another eight days and then I can start the new meds and then we can start again. And she was like, well, when was your last period? And I was like, oh God, it's all messed up. You know, she was like, I think you're pregnant. I said, you are, I was almost angry with her. because I was like, you know what I'm going through. How could you just say that? You're not even with me. I'm, you know, in the car. And she was like, I think you should go home immediately and do a pregnancy test. And I was like, oh God, it's so ridiculous. So anyway, I went home and did a pregnancy test and I was pregnant couldn't believe it it gives me goosebumps sitting here to tell you this story now because it was then they're just my miracle babies Coraline came along and then 18 months later almost without thinking about it Elodie followed so two babies two big babies mine are 18 months apart too that's a lot so you know it was hard it was really hard and ironically I knew I was overweight when I went into the pregnancy with Coraline. So I really tried hard to eat nothing but salad. I was a really healthy eater. She has the sweetest tooth a child could be born with. And she just craves sugar. And Elodie, who something, you know, when you talk about your body telling you what you need, I just ate chips. I just secretly went to the chippy and ate chips all the time. I'd give Coraline some and then we'd eat chips. And Elodie's the one who'll get halfway through an ice cream and say, thank you, mommy, I've had enough. They just are who they are, aren't they? And most definitely they they work it all out but um so they were young and we were just working and running the house and doing everything and and then my mum celebrated her 70th birthday and we went to this fancy hotel as a family and uh, the in-laws um kind of looked after the children and we all got together we all dressed up to our nines and had this wonderful wonderful weekend away in this hotel and that was pretty much the last time I saw her because In um, April of that year, she felt poorly on Friday and she had um, an aortic aneurysm and she died by Sunday. So, yes, suddenly everything went into overdrive and turmoil and grief. And 
Uh, we all rallied around my dad. We had the business to look after. You know, she'd been this stoic, fit, healthy. I mean, despite being a bit overweight, she was probably in her best way in her sort of late 60s, 70s. She'd climbed Kilimanjaro. She'd done the moonwalk, which is a, you know, a, a marathon overnight in London. She'd done so many fitness things quite recently. So it was just a massive shock. If she'd probably gone to, she, they'd been for a weekend with my godparents. And if she'd gone to the big hospital in where they'd been going for dinner, they might have spotted it. But by the time she got home, they're in a local county hospital and, you know, they, they didn't have a clue. Sunday afternoon, who goes to hospital on a Sunday afternoon? You know, she didn't really stand a chance. So that was a really stressful time. So my sister lives in Switzerland. So that kind of made things even trickier because there's just the travel and the logistics all involved. Like I say, we rallied around dad and the vicarage and, you know, he was heartbroken, but we were just there for him as much as we could. And then it's unbelievable, but actually I had a phone call seven months later to say your father was going out for dinner and his friends were arrived to collect him, but he's had a heart attack and he's died. So seven months later, so that was when I thought April was a bad month, but November really was tricky. So yeah, so suddenly Carrie and I and Gavin and my sister's family were all thrown into these residents and the staff and all the families looking to us, you know, what are you going to do? All these questions. I mean, we were very fortunate. We had lots. Because they still had the care home. They still owned the care home, exactly. So there's like 50 people looking at us and saying, what's going to happen next? And we're like, we don't know. So I was dropping the girls at sort of preschool and daycare and then flying down to have meetings with the staff in the care home because I lived the care home was two hours away from where we lived in Oxfordshire grabbing Costa milkshakes as we now refer to them sort of lattes and hot drinks and then having the meeting and then flying back up again and this wasn't a daily occurrence but it just felt like it came around very quickly and Kerry was doing lots of logistics from Switzerland but it was easier for me being in the country just to do the traveling and the journeys so I really did having sort of almost got my head around dieting and and feeling at a good weight for mum's 70th and feeling really slim for that day. Well, that just went out the window. You know, the, the, the diet was whatever I could grab on the time. That was a hard, hard time for your whole family. Yeah, hard time. Young children, responsibility. And we worked our way through it. We, we looked after the old vicarage with obviously all the staff for a year. But mum had taken it to the highest. She'd taken it to outstanding. And we were just given advice from people we trusted that she would be really cross, very sad, but really cross if we let that go, if, if we let the care home sort of lose that accolade. So it made sense to try and find somebody to buy the business and take it on for the good of the staff and for the good of us. And then that, ha- so that happened in 2018. We moved house. We sort of celebrated. We had a bit of extra money. So we bought a bigger house and settled into that, doing renovations and things. And it was 2019. Somebody took a photograph of me and I'm sitting in a chair. It's always a photo, isn't it? Sometimes it gets you. Actually sitting in a chair. Those are just not good angle photos, right? It was showing all my midriff. It was showing my arms. And I was, you know, it was Christmas Day. So I dressed up. I obviously thought I looked good for Christmas Day. But seeing this photograph, I looked about 60. I just looked old and tired and bloated and all the ghastly things that you look when you're that overweight so it was um yeah I got on the scales after seeing that photo and even I was shocked because I hadn't been on the scales they were just a nasty place to go who wants to get on the scales and I knew I'd gained weight I knew all the stress and I understand the weight gain now from IF and from linking stressful situations and grief and you know bad decisions so, um, yeah, I was 220 pounds, five, six. Was that 168 centimeters for you? We did not go centimeter in America. They told us we were going to. They're like, you're going to have to learn both of them because we're going to switch over. And then we never switched over. Instead, we just have to learn both of them. So everyone here is so confused all the time. But we mainly do pounds and inches. We understand that the most. But, you know, that, you know, I, I know how that feels because I was 210 at five, five. So I know exactly how you felt in your body. It just felt overstuffed, right? Like I felt like like someone had pumped me up with a bicycle pump or something just everywhere. 
Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's exactly how I felt, and it was, it was a shock. It was a real shock to see that photo. So I knew that going into January, you know, January twenty twenty, you start off we go. You know, it's going to be a wonderful year. I'm going to find the right diet, and everything will be different and change. And uh, yeah, we all know what happened next. <laughs> Hello, COVID. Welcome to the party. <laughs> you know, we were so naive about the whole thing. But, you know, my niece was in China at the time. She was working for the Peace Corps teaching English to college students in China. She doesn't know Chinese. I mean, I guess she knows some now. But she was there and we were like hearing reports we're like, Lindsay has to come home. We're like, what? Why did they're like, I don't know. They're evacuating. It's some something's happening. We're like, what? She had to like try to escape. They said, they told them all, do not go back to your apartment wherever you are. Stay there right now and do not leave. They should, they had to abandon their stuff. It was crazy. But we knew something was alarming was happening. My friend gave me, I was flying to Paris to see my sister and my aunt. We were going to celebrate mum's birthday. It's 26th of January. So celebrate mum's birthday all together in Paris. And my friend gave me this face mask. And she's like, please, please wear this on the plane. There's something weird going on. You just wear it. And I was like, oh, God. put it on, took a selfie, sent it to Nat and said, here you go, here's me wearing my mask, doing what I'm told. So, you know, I, I knew something was up. And so we got back from that and I was like, okay. But the next thing that happened was a phone call from my mum's cousin. Now, she's also in her late 60s, early 70s, and she'd not felt well. And sensibly, she'd gone to a good hospital because she was having a heart attack. And they managed to look after her, and she's still here, thank goodness. But she also told me that her niece, her own niece, who was 52, had just died of a heart attack while hanging up the washing in the garden. And I said... Oh my goodness. And she's like, it's probably nothing, but I couldn't live with myself if I didn't talk to you about this, you girls. And there was something hereditary or something linked to the family. So late January, I got in touch with the consultant and sort of started on the GP route and then put was fast tracked to have all these things. And the first thing they said was, well, you could lose a bit of weight. Thank you. I had no idea, right? I mean, didn't you want to say that? I was like, I never thought about that. Maybe I should eat less and move more because that's really worked. So I, I came home and I was like, oh my goodness. And I literally Googled diet with gin because I thought I can give up everything, but even Slimming Well tells you you can have a gin and tonic occasionally. Okay, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Diet with gin. Guess who came up? Well, I'm guessing I popped up. Okay, that is so, that's my favorite. My favorite How You Found Me story. Diet with gin. Diet with gin and up you came. So that was it. I found you and delay don't deny. So I ordered, it was literally one of those things I went, well, I've never done that before. So let's give this one a go. Delay don't deny arrived. I read it that day I didn't put it down I just read it that day it was it was like Deb Crosby said a light bulb just goes off in your head and you go well I could do that why have I never done this before then I got a feast without fear and I, you know I just uh, everything everything that I could consume that you were doing and obviously had been doing for years before I found you so I had loads to to just earworm you know it was just in my ear in my all the time I listened to everything that was out there about Melanie and you but saying that and I need to say this because I guarantee somebody will be out there and maybe listen to this one moment and say oh I still got it wrong I still got it wrong I was being asked to go into school as a key worker so I'd I'd have my black tea in the morning, I'd have a glass of water, and then I'd take with me a thermos with hot water and fresh mint. Who knew? Who knew that fresh mint had so many natural sugar, sugars that it just stopped me from losing weight? You don't want to infuse your water with any kind of flavor. Definitely not. So I had read everything and listened to lots of podcasts by now, and I was still making a mistake. But because I'd listened to Joel and his mum, Renee, and Joel had been this like turtle. So I was like, well, I'm just a Joel. That's fine. I'm just a Joel. And then Feast, Feast, Fast Repeat came out. And I was like, uh, Fast Feast Repeat even, sorry. Fast Feast Repeat came out and I read that. And then I was like, hang on a minute. And the sort of second light bulb, the brighter light bulb went off. I reread everything. And then I realized it was the mint that might have been stopping the weight. 
And when I stopped the mint and just drank the water and the black tea and coffee, that was it. Uh, between June and December, I lost 28 pounds. Wow. So between June and December, 28 pounds after losing nothing. Nothing for four months. Literally not even a pound. I think I even gained two pounds. You know, cleanage wasn't even a spark in your brain at that time. I hadn't written it. So it wasn't like, oh, don't worry, you'll gain a bit of weight. You know, everybody was seeming to lose weight pretty much the minute they jumped on. But you did not. So I I think that's a really good point to make. If you're struggling with weight loss, people that are listening, it could be like, Joel, that you've got something going on, but it it could be something like that that's inadvertently breaking your fast and you don't know it. It could be a supplement. It could be maybe you're somebody who doesn't do well with coffee. You know, I mean, that's sad to say. I do well with coffee, but maybe you don't. Somebody who's listening, maybe you should just have water only and you will survive after you get used to it although it would make me sad. I would be so sad. If it had been the coffee, I think that I would have had to think twice. But there are people who who do better without the coffee. And, you know, not a lot of them, but there really are. Well, I'm glad you figured that out. But as soon as you went to the clean fast, bam, your body started making the change. I think almost within a week, I'd lost about six pounds. And I knew that was water weight. Mint! But that was, for whatever reason... Your body perceived that as enough flavor that it was keeping your insulin levels high enough that you were not tapping into your fat stores. Today, I just we've just moved, which I'm sure you've heard me talk about that we were moving, but we have water aerobics in the neighborhood. So I'm going to water aerobics and I'm so excited. Today was day five. Oh, and Chad went with me. I have to talk quietly in case he can hear me because he just did whatever he wanted and it was hilarious. <laughs> we're all doing the water aerobics, like trying to do it. And he's just over there doing freestyling. So it was great. I think he'll go back with me and I loved it. I hope he does. But anyway. That just makes me laugh because that just sends me straight back to a Zumba class that I took my mum to and everybody was going left and she was going right. And we were going up and she was going down. He wasn't even going left or right. He was doing something else. But it didn't matter because you're under the water and people can't see that much. But at the end of class, I was talking to the instructor and she's like, oh, you've moved here for good. Let's talk about that. And we were talking about it. And so I'm she said, what do you do? And I mentioned intermittent fasting. She's like, oh, we're all trying now, but it doesn't work for me. I get low blood sugar. And I said, I said, what are you drinking? And guess what she's drinking? Detox tea from this company that sells detox tea. I'm like, that's kind of sweet, isn't it? She's like, oh yeah, it's very sweet. I'm like, there you go. That's your problem. Here's my book. <laughs> oh, here's the link to my book. <laughs> Find the book. But I mean, you know, I don't, they don't know who I am, but Anyway, it's just so funny because she's that's she thinks intermittent fasting isn't working for her, and it's that detox tea, and that little change. It sounds she's like, well, I don't know, and I'm like, I promise you, just she's like, well, I can't drink black coffee or plain tea. I'm like, you can, you can. I consider myself now a coffee connoisseur. I really do. I've been through so many, but I mean, you know, the girls they were we were homeschooling the girls by this time, so I was key working for a, a day or two a week at school. And then I was homeschooling with the girls. So there was, and I'd sit next to Elodie and my stomach would be grumbling and she'd say, mommy, go eat something. And I'd say, yeah, 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 I will in a minute, I will in a minute. So it really was like, I could do this, I could do this. So, and that was horrible. So that, you know, like you say, the minute that I went to the clean fast, that's the clean fast, everybody. It's the most important thing. It is mind boggling because you think it can't possibly that make that much of a difference. But if if you're struggling, if you are struggling, people who are listening, if you're struggling to fast every single day and it's not getting easier, there is something, something. It could be you, maybe you have a scented candle and it's bothering you. I mean, it could be something like that. It could be lip balm, flavored lip balm. That sounds ridiculous, but... They call them flavors. My friend worked out it was the lip balm. So Somebody that I just interviewed hadn't come out yet as of today that we're recording, but by the time your episode comes out, it will have come out. Salt in the water was making her starving. It doesn't break a fast technically, but it makes me hungry too. But she, you know, it, People always throw that advice out in the groups. I mean, I don't, but people do. They're like, oh, put salt in your water. It'll make you not hungry. And she said she was doing that and it was making her hungrier and hungrier. She took the salt out. There went the hunger. So it makes me hungrier too. Salt ma- makes my body feel like I'm about to eat something for whatever reason. Oh, I started at 16, 8 because everybody kind of says, let's start at 16, 8. But, you know, the minute that, and I only did 16, 8 for those four months. I think I, I think I, you know, you would go maybe an hour or two more, but it was never intentional. It was more because 
something had happened and I got distracted because I was really watching the clock for those four months when I wasn't losing the weight. And the minute that changed, then almost within a fortnight, I'd gone to 24 because suddenly it was just easy. If it's not easy, there's something that's going wrong in your fast. It it just, I, I really believe that. And you just figure out what it is. That was it. So I then started taking this sort of huge coffee to work with me and I met one of the teachers there. She'd always, she'd been doing intermittent fasting for years. So it was lovely. We had this conversation going backwards and forwards. It really secured a good friendship with us. It's, you know, still going on today. And I'd get home about four and then the kids would always want my attention. So, you know, that would easily have been to five and then almost without trying, I was going to one meal a day, but very much like you, you know, a long meal, like a restaurant meal where you might have some avocado on toast. That was the other thing. Avocado. How can Sunny World make avocado like 10 sins? It's ridiculous. That I was like, anything. I also, that the fact that they call them sins, they don't spell it sin like you're sinning, S-Y-M, but it says sin. What is the S-Y-N supposed to stand for? It's just you know, something bad, basically. Well, it, I mean, that it is bad, but it's not supposed to stand for something else. It just means sin. It's like points, but it's sins. How could an avocado be a sin? Uh, it's, it's true. Like, well, the minute I realized that, I was like, how could they make the nicest vegetable a sin? It's delicious. So the fact that I could have avocado and toast, and then and then I might have a yogurt, and then we'd have, you know, we'd... we'd cook as fresh as we could yeah dinner and then um you start to crave different things that you don't want the pre-made desserts or the ice cream necessarily you want the fresh fruit your body tells you exactly what it needs so it was easy to slip into health healthier eating than what we already were having ourselves I've just had tastes change a little bit, which is so weird you know what is not appealing to me these days that it's like making me a little sad cheese and crackers but you love cheese and crackers. I know, but I'm all of a sudden like, eh, cheese and crackers. I don't know. It's weird. I'm like, I wish I was eating Daily Harvest instead. <laughs> I was Yesterday, I was really, really hungry at like three, and I was at the beach cottage, and there was a bunch of cheese and crackers there and because we had just had people there. And I'm like, I'm going to eat some cheese and crackers. I'm like, this is not doing it. I was craving vegetables. It felt like, who am I? You're like me. You have kimchi on crackers. You have... Hummus on crackers, you know, you have everything on crackers. I didn't have anything but cheese and crackers. That was it. Just cheese and crackers. There was nothing fresh. I had some olive tapenade, but that didn't do it either. I, I needed like vegetables. I think, you know, just well, you're through the menopause and I have only just literally last week started a drug for the sort of just to help my sleep and help my well, mostly my sleep, actually. That's the worst part that they don't tell you about the sleep. Oh, welcome to menopause. You'll never be able to sleep again soundly through the night. You know, my children are still, they will still wake me up in the night and, you know, occasionally Gavin will snore or something. I'm such a light sleeper. Something will wake me up. But if I am away and nobody wakes me up, I can sleep all night. So, you know, but anyway, so the drugs I'm on, it's only been a week. I don't know if they're going to help or anything, but we'll watch this space. We'll watch this space. But going back to sort of, you know, 24 and then just to sort of be curious, I'd throw in Roxy Mealless Mondays. Love just to try, just to kind of like see how far my body could go. It was all this new adventure that I was doing something completely different. I mean, one day, and obviously nobody ever should do this, but I did a long fast and then got distracted and then... Thought I don't really fancy anything to eat, and then I slept. And before I knew it, we were sort of in the seventies and eighties hours. And I was like, "Ooh, this is a bit." You know, you could find a slippery slope here. Where well, it can be because you know sometimes people will say, "Well, you tell me to eat when I'm hungry, and I'm not hungry, so I should just keep fasting." I'm like, "No, <laughs> not if it's if it's an extended fast like that, because your body can really just." keep going, but eventually is going to start to slow things down. You know, we know that eventually that, you know, the metabolic rate starts to decline over the longer fast. It doesn't just stay steady. And so you just have to be careful with the longer fast. And my rule of thumb is never go past 72 unless you're under medical supervision. But, you know, the longest I ever did was 84 because I didn't know anything when I did that either. <laughs> so, well, it's, you know, it's, it's not something that I still do. And I think I was, I was distracted. And make sure to have a good refeed because, you know, if you have a longer fast that you really do need to let your body know that you're okay. And it was easy, you know, I'd probably been doing it for successfully sort of eight months by then. It wasn't like I sort of thought, oh, 
no, I wasn't brand new. I was definitely happy. And, you know, it was, it was, I shared everything on my Facebook page. You know, I really wanted everybody to know. A few people were commenting in lockdown. They were saying, I've seen a picture of you. Have you done something with your hair? People were like, no, but I have lost. 37 you know pounds or 42 pounds at this stage so it was you know you go oh my god yeah you have it was lovely to suddenly see myself in the mirror and and like I grabbed a load of my mum's clothes to try on and to wear and she was a different shape she had great big boobies and no bum at all and I carry all my weight sort of under my waist and sort of have thighs thank you for your recent thigh message by the way it just came at the right time so, but sometimes I, you know, I, I would go and try on her clothes. I'd miss it. I'd completely missed it. It was too big. Suddenly these skirts were swimming on me. So that was a, a happy problem to sort of have. Body was changing. And I know that there's still this calculation that they say if you're five feet, I think it's a hundred pounds. It's a hundred pounds or five feet. And then five pounds per inch. Took me a minute. Five pounds per inch after that. So at five, five, according to the formula, I quote, should be 125. Of course, that formula doesn't take into account so many things and like how muscular you are, how much lean mass, your frame size. So that is not like, I'm not telling everybody that's what your goal weight should be, but that's just a formula that's out in the world. Because I mean, that's still 24 pounds away from where I currently am. And I think, God, if I lost 24 more pounds. Like I'm very, very. Well, see, you're you've got a different frame. I've got a very small frame. I mean, can you see my wrists? You know, I've got a small frame. I might even should be lower than that. You know, technically by the formula based on my small frame. So we just that you really just can't go by that. And because you always you, you talked about when you were born, you were bigger. You have a bigger frame. I've got two nieces. I've got more than two nieces, but two of my nieces are pretty close together in age. It's my my brother's youngest two girls. And one of them, the older one of the two, is built just like her mother, my sister-in-law. She's petite. She's short. She's itty-bitty. The other one, who is a year younger, is built like my brother, his mother, my stepmother, that side of the family. And they are big, tall people. And so you see them together and their body shapes are so different. Their sizes are so different. The younger one looks two years older than the older one. It's biology, you know? So, you know, no one talks to her about needing to be smaller or losing weight. We never will. She doesn't need to. She's just got a different body shape. Just like your body shape is is different. It's how you were born. Having two girls myself, you know, it was definitely just a perfect time for me to never have to speak about diets to my girls ever again. And even if they'd say to me, mommy, can you have this or are you on your diet? I'd say, I'm not on a diet. I'm not on a diet. I can have what I want. If you want me to have something, I'm going to have something after three. So can you pop it on the plate, pop it on the bowl, and I will enjoy it then. Delay it. And they understood. And now they don't even question me at all. And, and they are different shapes. So my oldest is 10, going on about 22. And my youngest is eight quite happily going on about 19. So yeah, they are, and my oldest is just starting to be a little bit more body conscious and she's um, a slim girl. I mean, you know, there's pictures of them in the background. They're jumping at the beach. Yeah. They're having a, living their best life. And, you know, they're both slim girls. There is nothing for me to worry about, but different shapes and sizes. I I can think if if anybody's going to struggle, it's going to be Caroline, but then Caroline's going through potentially early puberty. So maybe that's why she's a bit heavier set. Give Elodie two years, see what happens to her. So I mean, it's lovely that I know personally i in full control of A, what I eat, B, what I drink, because obviously we all know alcohol is like empty calories and I still love a glass of wine. My father was a collector, so uh, there was a few bottles left behind after he passed, which we have all enjoyed very much. But it was, you know, to to get to Christmas and to be on Christmas Day, I put some jeans on that were my mum's that were tiny. And I thought, you know, I'm never going to get into these. And to have those, you know, to be able to wear those on Christmas Day at my lowest. So I'd lost, I think Christmas Day, I'd lost 64 pounds, you know, which is why I say for this whole calculation thing to be at 130 and, and I'm currently at 154, 24 more pounds. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? I just don't think that would work. Well, your body is happy where it is. And that seems like probably a good weight for you. 
because of your your body frame and the way that your body has always been. I drink my water out of a wine glass. I love that. I get on me, um, I, from you, I got a Life Pro. So I have a vibration plate that I really enjoy. I think that's going to help me as I go through menopause. And I think so too with maintaining bone mass. I was interested to listen to Dr. Anna because she spoke about going through menopause and how actually there is some advice maybe to eat a bit earlier and you know maybe between sort of 10 and noon and it was I have been wanting to eat earlier and and I can still do it like today I actually could have had lunch at half past 12 but I went outside it's a beautiful day in Wales it's like 74 degrees I washed both the cars I washed the dog I cleaned the bathrooms. I just kept myself going until I had to pick up the girls. And then I knew there was no way I was going to be able to eat anything between grabbing them from school and meeting with you. So I will be ready for something to eat. But I, yeah, I'm going to listen to my body and see what's happening over the sort of coming months to see if. Well, I, I am a big believer in listening to your body, but my body tells me it doesn't like to eat early. I don't care what expert says what about what time it's, you know, quote, best to eat. Just like no one should try to copy me and eat when I eat if you feel better eating earlier. That's the the truth of it is that every one of us is a study of one. And I feel better if I don't eat till later in the day. I mean, I have lots of models of me eating earlier for special occasions and I never feel as good. So I, you know, my body clearly lets me know. But I also think you should experiment because the whole tweak it till it's easy doesn't mean you just start with something and you keep doing that exact thing. Maybe someone is better with a window that opens at 10 a.m. and closes at 1. That might be someone's ideal window. It is absolutely not mine. I, I know that for a fact. It's never been, you know, I, I, I try and do everything. So, certainly if you've got to do a journey, I always do it in the fastest state because I just, my concentration's better. And I've recently went to see one of my mom's friends and she also has been intermittent fasting and she didn't have to lose a huge amount but in her 70s she just didn't think it was ever going to happen she is delighted you know she's back to a weight that she never thought she'd see again she's so thrilled and and when I got there she was like black tea black coffee and a glass of water and I was like no I've just I've waited to arrive at your house where's the cake (laughs) she's like oh okay window open exactly I mean it's got to be window worthy but uh you know there's no point like you say and you, you know you try with all sorts of things but I definitely love the fermented foods now I love the fresh fruit we tend to save puddings Gavin's not really ever jumped on the IF wagon even though he's seen how successful it's been how happy I am doing it he'll tend to have breakfast and then he has no lunch and then he has dinners he chaired fast you can't change a man unless he's in a nappy I've decided so it's it's not to be done. But, you know, she, my mum would have absolutely aced this. And Karen and I spoke about how, how sad it was that she never got to try it because she would have been so good. She would have loved this. She really would have. And it would have been nice for her to, you know, see us. At, we had a slimming club together and we jump on every week and always the same two or three pounds being lost and the same two or three pounds being gained. So, yes, it would have been a nice thing for her to have seen. But the rest of my family have got to see it. And that's what's important. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all. And tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. See for Smart Energy. Stay focused. So tell me about some of your non-scale victories, or have you also had any health victories? I did. So I had plantar fasciitis from being so overweight and going on a walk wearing the wrong shoes. So that almost disappeared within five or six weeks of uh, losing the weight. My teeth... I visited the dentist last week 
And it's normally Gavin who comes away without any future appointments. And the dentist said, I want you to go home and relish in this moment because you no longer need an appointment with me. And your husband needs a filling. So <laughs> he very rarely has to have any work done. So I was delighted. My teeth, and you know, I had gum disease. That's all gone. Everything's sort of not been reversed because I'm still taking great care of myself and not just allowing IF to solve everything. But... Yes. I mean, I feel I'm 50 next year. I feel my skin is in a great place. My fitness is in a good place. I don't really go to the gym. I just, a bit like you, I lift dog food. I carry the watering can to fill up the sheep uh, water bowl. And, you know, I'm physically active doing things, cleaning cottages, you know, cleaning and scrubbing all day long can certainly um, help with the arms a little bit. But I'm just delighted that even those few things um have gone my way that's amazing it just it feels so good and you you can be certain that you're preventing future illnesses that's my favorite part you know it's it's impossible to prove that you don't get something because of you know intermittent fasting right but i i'm pretty confident that <laughs> it's going to help us not to get some things we would have gotten if we were still 210 and 220 pounds the fact that you know when i sort of had to go through with all the cardio stuff for the consultant and he said you know it's a condition called spontaneous cardio artery dissection scad is what they yeah it's a mouthful it's a huge mouthful it's like the artery just shreds the artery just tears and then you know you're unconscious very quickly and if you're if it's not caught but he said the clue is in the name it's spontaneous so he said you know you've just got to keep yourself in the best shape you can so that is you know it's an easy journey to do with if because it's so flexible so you just we we know that we are doing the best things we can for our health and that's what's important just to stick around as long as possible and i want to be healthy so yesterday yesterday at water aerobics i was talking to one of the ladies that was teaching it and she's an older lady like most of the people in the pool are <laughs> i'm the youngest one probably in the pool i don't care i like it although chad's younger than me so today he was the youngest but she was telling me about when she used to go somewhere else and the lady teaching the water aerobics was like in her 90s. And I'm like, I have a new goal. I want to be the lady who's 90 years old teaching the water aerobics class. So everybody stay tuned. We got 40 years, but welcome to episode 5,423. I don't know. I don't even know how what the math would be, but I just made that up. You so. know I will be tuning in regardless. It'll be you and Melanie. Hello. Hello. But staying active is really the key to aging well. And I had realized I wasn't, you know, when I was a teacher, I was active, so active. In the past few years, not being a teacher and not, you know, I've just been busy working and doing my writing and podcasting. So it feels good to find something that I'm enjoying. You know, thank you for Cleanish because obviously, you know, you just, I don't know what you're going to do next, but I'm looking forward to it because I know there's going to, there'll be something. Yes. I, I'm in talks with my editor. We've got it all planned out. I'll tell you once we're done, but I'm not going to announce it on here, but I'll tell you secretly. Whenever people say to me, what do you do? Oh my, you know, you're insane. And I say, no, I'm Cleanish. You know, you watch me eat. Trust me. I, you know, yes, I'll have a slice of cake, but then I'll balance it out with 18 hours of nothing. You know, it's fine. And, you know, cake is not cake. Cake is different. Like you can have a delicious homemade cake that someone has made with quality ingredients. And that is completely different from a boxed, packaged, full of junk cake. Twinkies that like would survive a nuclear holocaust or something. And even the like roaches wouldn't eat it or something like that. But today, you know, someone from the Delayed on Tonight community was at the beach. And so we met yesterday and went and had um, little snacks. And we, we were talking about different things, but she brought me some fresh blueberries that she had picked. So today I'm going to make blueberry muffins from scratch, but it's going to be made with quality ingredients, cleanish fresh blueberries. And that's the key. Just live your best life, but do it the best way you can and whatever you can afford, because, you know, the cost of living is just going through the roof with everybody right now. So, you know, just do what you can to, to live your best life and look after yourself as much as you can. And really it's, it's less expensive to make homemade muffins with quality ingredients than it is to buy like junky package. I mean, I feel like it would be. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I, I live with sort of sugar cravers as the children. And if I presented them with a packet of blueberries, they'd look at me like I was insane. But 
I just keep going. You know, one day I think you're going to eat these blooming blueberries. You're going to enjoy them. Exactly. They will. I mean, you know, it's amazing how tastes change. I look back from when Cal was little and he would only eat beige things, you know, and no vegetables at all. And now he's practically a vegetarian. You know, his wife is completely a vegetarian. He's mostly a vegetarian. They only eat vegetarian at home. He doesn't, you know, but it happened. Well, of course, you know, when you meet somebody and you marry them and they're a vegetarian, that doesn't hurt. But, you know, I mean, he couldn't, he wouldn't eat any of that stuff when he was little. And their tastes do change. So everybody with the picky kids, there's hope. I'm going to message you when Caroline's getting married and saying, guess what? She's marrying a vegetarian. The irony. So is there anything that you struggle with? I think uh, what I'm noticing is, and it's probably a time of life thing as opposed to I've always struggled with it. I mean, I use an app to begin with. And I know you ask at the end if there's any advice. And I did find that pressing the on button and pressing the off button, it just did really help, which is ridiculous. But it helped for me to sort of have that control on and off. And I don't know where I found the willpower from, because I certainly haven't found it over the last 30 years. So for it to suddenly arrive in a lockdown pandemic was a bit nuts. Well, dieting all day took different kind of willpower and it took more willpower. That's the part. Someone interviewed me for a podcast last week and it was somebody who does not do intermittent fasting, but was interested in the topic. And he said, you just must have amazing willpower. Where did you find the willpower to do this every day since 2014? And like, what you don't understand is it takes less willpower than Slimming World, you know, or whatever, right? Slimming World took amazing willpower and you're constantly having to deny yourself. But with this, I just have to wait till three or whatever and then I'm good. I did love the idea. The children don't matter what I eat now. They just don't even question it. If I open, you know, whatever I have, it's not diet food. It's just food. So that was probably something I struggled with was kind of getting through to them and saying, this is not something that you should be worried about. This is not something that I have to do. Otherwise, mommy's going to you know, be in trouble. This is just something I'm choosing to do. And I feel better for doing it. So surely it's better that mommy feels better. At the time, I was less grumpy. I think that's going to change. Poor Gavin, he's going to have a child with puberty and a wife with menopausal syndrome. <laughs> he's going to be a busy boy. I can see him actually visiting the office a little bit more than often. <laughs> Oh, he'll be doing some outside work with the holiday cottage. I reckon he might be volunteering to do some cleaning, yes. Well, we are almost out of time and you touched on the app already, but other than that, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I wish I'd read your books with a little bit more concentration because then I possibly wouldn't have wasted those few months to begin with, with this silly mint infusion in my water. So yes, buy the books, but read them carefully. Don't be distracted like I possibly was with children or husbands or other things but yeah definitely buy your books because it's, it's, it's everything's just in there why wouldn't they read your book and then the app definitely worked for me and and just enjoy the journey I've been doing this now over two years it is not IF anymore I mean it is but it's just the way of life for me just how I do it. I can't imagine ever doing anything different. And the freedom of being able to, like we went on holiday with my sister and she was like having breakfast, talking about lunch, having lunch, talking about dinner. And I was in my head thinking, my God, you frequent eaters, stop talking, stop talking. I'm just full. I'm still full from breakfast. And so, you know, don't, you know, don't be encouraged or influenced by other people. It's your body. You do what you want with it. And what feels good to you. And what feels good to me and to Josie might not be what feels good to you. And that's the the freedom of figuring it out and, and making it be an empowering experience instead of, you know, me telling you how much protein you have to eat or what your macros need to be or exactly what your hours should be. Nope. Ignore all that noise and just tune in. Your body will tell you. Although I'm really weird that my body doesn't want any cheese right now. So I don't know what that means. (laughs) Maybe it just doesn't want you to have bad dreams. I don't know. It's trying to save you from something. I don't know. I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, Josie, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being here today. I have so enjoyed meeting you face to face. And thank you for having me on the show. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. 
please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I have missed these Friday night dinners. Hey, welcome to Harvey Graw! At these family dinners, everyone. dysfunction is served. I can't have you all messing things up for my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Jump, jump, jump. Sorry, better than I dared to dream. They're extra. Let the wild rumpus start. Woo, 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 woo. And they're embarrassing. We know how hard it is to move on from the first girl that you ever slept with. Not the first girl who I ever slept yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You're a regular lady killer. I thought you said it was going to be boring here tonight. No! I really hope it would be. But they couldn't love each other more. It's mom and dad being totally normal. Wow. So, dinner next Friday, everyone? Wouldn't miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free only on Freebie.